0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. reading today comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 14 through 23. This is what we would call the institution of the Lord's Supper. This happens on Passover, and this is the Passover where Jesus will be crucified. So far in the ministry of Christ, there's been two Passover feasts before this. And now we have his final Passover. It is very significant that Jesus is crucified during the Passover feast. Let's just remember really quick what happened on Passover. If we go all the way back to the Old Testament, go back to the book of Exodus. God hears the cry of Israel. Israel Israel's being oppressed. They're in slavery. God hears them cry out. He delivers them using Moses. There are ten plagues that fall upon Egypt. Each plague is an attack on the gods of Egypt. The final plague being the death of the firstborn. Even Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, his son, his firstborn, will die in this plague. God tells the Israelites to make sure that they are prepared for this Passover. The death angel who is going to come. Now, All the other plagues only affected the Egyptians, but this final plague would fall upon all people. And they're instructed to do something that we might consider to be a little bit odd. They're told to take a lamb, an unblemished lamb, and to slaughter that lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And when the angel came into the land of Egypt, the death angel, if the death angel saw the blood upon the doorpost, that angel would pass over that house, they would be safe. But that wasn't it. They were also to have a meal. So they were to take that sacrificial victim where they had taken the blood and put it on the doorpost and they were to consume that victim to eat the lamb and there'd be other things they would have as part of that meal. Eventually there'd be cups of wine. There would be bread that they would eat, bitter herbs and other things that were part of the Passover festival. And they would do this every year to remember what God had done, to remember, and that's really important that God had rescued them and he had passed over and the blood was what brought the, uh, the salvation. We also know about that time, the law of Moses, the, the old covenant was established. So we just think 40 days later after this event, they'll come to Mount Sinai and God will establish his first covenant with Israel, this old covenant that is marked out by God's law. So in essence, they become God's people governed by God's law. But the prophets looked forward to a new day that would come where a new covenant would be established with Israel. The old covenant was not adequate. You can read the book of Hebrews. A matter of fact, that's what we're doing right now. We're preaching through Hebrews. That's why we're looking at this passage. But in the book of Hebrews, we find out that the blood of bulls and goats was not good enough in the Old Testament. It would not fully atone for the sins of the people. There was a new covenant that was going to come and this new covenant would bring complete salvation he'd be able to save us to the uttermost all the way to the end there'd be no partial salvation with the blood of jesus christ the blood of christ brought cleansing and jesus needed no cleansing of his own sin because he was perfectly sinless see everything about the old covenant was incomplete even the priest that mediated the old covenant were sinful they would need sacrifices for their own sin, much less the sin of the people. Jesus, being the perfect high priest, did not need atonement for his sin because he was perfectly sinless. And his blood can atone for our sins completely. Now, what's interesting about the Last Supper, and the reason we're reading this passage today, is this is one of the only places we find in the New Testament where it talks about the New Covenant. Now, think of this. When Jesus mentions this word, New Covenant, it's a big deal. They've been waiting for a long time. Jeremiah prophesied it was coming, and Jesus is saying that by his blood being shed, the new covenant is being inaugurated. And this meal, this what we call the Lord's Supper, is tied together to this inauguration of the new covenant. Let me just read through this passage, and now you can understand the importance when Jesus says, this is the new covenant, my blood. Let's pick up in verse 14 of Luke 22. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and we he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and he had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. but behold, the hand of him betrays me is with me on the table. for the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it would be who was going to do this. So let's go back and just notice a few things. First, you had a cup, Then you had the bread, then you had the cup again, and you would think, wait a minute, in the Lord's Supper, we do the bread, and then we do the cup. Well, the first cup that is mentioned in verse 17 is one of the cups of the Passover. There's debate about how many cups of wine and the ritual they had, possibly up to four. So this might be the third cup, and the Lord's Supper being the fourth cup. That's one theory. But we have this idea, he takes bread, and he gives thanks, he breaks it, and he gives it to them. He says, This is my body. Now, that's what the Passover lamb was called. It was called the body. So they were to consume the Passover lamb. So in some sense, Jesus is saying, take me into yourself. Have union with me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, that phrase harkens back to the Passover. They were to take the Passover feast and remember God's deliverance. Now, we as Christians remember what Christ did for us by delivering us through his blood. God passes over our sin because we are covered in the blood of Christ. Then in verse 20, this is the important part for our study in the book of Hebrews. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you, poured out here, is sacrificial language. This goes back to the Old Testament. There's there's echoes to the Old Testament here, where they would pour out the blood of the sacrifice. Upon on the, the base of the altar. So this is sacrificial language. The cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So in some sense, this cup of wine was connected to the inauguration of the new covenant. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to shed my blood. My blood will be shed. And this is the, the sign that the new covenant is being inaugurated. Now, this new covenant is going to be different. We find in other places in the Old Testament that Now, in the New Covenant, the law will not be external to us. You know, the law being something that stands outside of a person and tells us what God wants for our lives. So think of the laws this way. The law is like a speed limit sign, but it's not the engine that drives your car. A speed limit sign tells you, okay, this is the speed you should go, but it's not some internal motivating factor for you. It's external to you. The engine of a car drives the car. When well, essence in the New Covenant, what we're told by the prophets, and we're told also later in the New Testament, is there's going to be a radical change. The Old Testament was a law that came outside of you to tell you how to behave. But now we're told in the New Covenant, because the powerful blood of Jesus and what, what he has done for us, the Holy Spirit will be sent into our lives So think of it this way. Christ dies for us. He's buried. He's resurrected. He ascends in victory to the right hand of the Father. And when he ascends, the Holy Spirit comes into the world. And now we're told that the law of God will be written into our hearts. There's this internal change that happens in a Christian. Some people use the word regeneration. We're changed and now the law of God is internal to us. Because of the work of the Spirit in our life and sanctification, we desire to obey God. So now we have the engine that helps us obey God's good word. It's no longer like a speed limit sign external to us. It's it's what we desire to do. So I hope that makes sense. There's a shift in the covenants. The new covenant is going to be this internal shift that that deals with the question of the sinful heart. I mean, think about it. For centuries, the Jews grapple with this. Hey, we have God's good law, but we tend to be sinful people. Something must change fundamentally about human nature. And so the new covenant is this change that's going to occur, that's brought about by the blood of Christ. So I'm hoping today what we've accomplished is we understand a little bit about what's happening in this Passover feast, in this Last Supper. And I want you to see the Lord's Supper different on Sundays. And there's... Much more I could say about this. Some of you that know me well know I could go on and on about this subject. Done a lot of research on this. I propose to you, and I have good reason to believe this, that the Lord's Supper is a covenant renewal. Now, I'm not saying you're getting re-saved on Sunday, but you're recommitting yourself to the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So every Sunday when you take the bread and you take the cup, of course you're remembering what Christ did for you. But it's also a renewal of your vows you made when you were baptized. Now, some people in churches will go forward and rededicate their lives in a service. That's wonderful. That's a great thing. But if you understand the Lord's Supper properly, you're doing that every Sunday. You're rededicating your life to Christ when you take the supper. Because in essence, what you're saying is, I am recommitting myself to you, Jesus Christ. God knows that we're forgetful people. And what the Lord's Supper does for us on every first day of the week is it reorients you to who you are and your commitments to Christ. So when you take the Lord's Supper on Sunday, if there's something practical we take from today's podcast, I want you to see it as covenant renewal. I'm renewing my commitment to Jesus. In essence, you know I'm rededicating my life. You could say it that way. Every Sunday when I come to his table. Well, I appreciate you tuning in today and I hope you're learning more about the book of Hebrews. You're understanding these concepts of why Christ is greater. Christ is better than anything that's come before. Well, God bless and hope to see you back again tomorrow.